0: Well, good morning. I'm so grateful that Nathan and Christy have been here. Thank you, Chris. Um, You know, in my life, I've seen God, I've experienced God speak to me. I can remember um, meeting this girl named Robin and thinking, man, I like her, and uh, really sensing this is the one I'm supposed to marry. And I remember asking her to marry me, and she said, yes. It was amazing. I watched God keep his promise. I remember um, the moment, as if you've been around me very long, when, um, when a student of mine in my ministry died, and we struggled through the difficulty of that moment and not understanding. And then later on, God moving through this young man, and in my life, and, and saying to me, I think you need to start a baseball ministry, and thinking to myself, that makes no sense. I didn't play baseball. I don't get it, and and the Lord said, trust me and do this, and we did, and watch, we have watched God do incredible things, and, I, and, I, and as I think about the moments all through my life that God spoke to me, like when I was contacted for the first time from a, a member of the pastor search team here at First Baptist Owasso, saying, hey, would you send us a resume? And I remember thinking, man, I, okay, I will, but I'd never been a senior pastor before. And I felt the Lord speak to me saying, Chris, trust me, I'm moving in your life. And I watched God move and lead me in. And guide us every step to move here. Uh, yesterday, um, we heard the Lord speak again, as my wife and I, with our children, drive to Oklahoma Baptist University, and I look at my daughter that I have we have raised, and we've said, Lord. Um, We've got to say goodbye to her. And yesterday, these people that are really mean looked at us and said, Parents, you've got to go home. And you've got to leave your child here. And I was thinking, I don't want to go home. Uh, and I texted Emily last night saying, Hey, uh, did you forget anything? I can bring it back right now if you would like. And... uh and I, there was a picture on Facebook that I posted last night and, or yesterday, and, and I had sunglasses on. It was our last picture. And one of my not-head friends from college, one of my college roommates says, why would you have sunglasses on? I'm like, be quiet. Leave me alone. But it was a moment that we, the Lord has spoken to us that, Chris, Robin, it's going to be all right. Trust me. I want you to know, they're, they're, all through my life, there have been times that God has moved. There's been times that God has spoken, and, 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 and there are events that have unfolded that have taught me, Lord, I will trust you for the rest of my life because I just watched you move. There's no reason to doubt you. But do you know what? There are times that I, yesterday, we're leaving going, did we, Lord, can we trust you today? And then God reminds me, Chris, I'm on the throne of your life. Trust me. And and you know, all through history, God's people have struggled to trust the Lord. And it makes no sense because when you think about how, how God has moved in the lives of His people, like think about when Moses um, led God's people out of Egypt and, and, the, and the Egyptians were chasing them. And as, as they were chasing them, God put up a wall of fire and blocked the Egyptians. And then, and then yet they still doubted. And, and then all of a sudden, God opened up the waters of the, of the Red Sea and they, and, and they walked through on dry ground and then as the Egyptians pursued them, they're like, oh, no, Lord, what are you going to do? The waters protected them. God led them to the wilderness, and, they, and he provided for them supernaturally. God moved in their lives in supernatural ways, and there were moments they would say, God, I trust you, but then they would doubt and then you see God's people in, as the Old Testament unfolds, the book of Judges unfolds, and there were people that, that would say, look, follow the Lord. And for a period of time, they would say, Lord, you are on the throne. We will trust you. And then very quickly, they would rebel and they would reject the Lord and they would choose not to follow him. And then you move finally into the book of First Samuel, where we're turning to over the next 10 weeks, And as we turn to the book of 1 Samuel, it is my prayer as a church, as a people, as people that have experienced God move, that have heard God speak, that we understand and we realize, Lord, you can be trusted. Lord, you must remain on the throne of our lives. Lord, you must be the object of our worship. You are the one that we look to. And it's my prayer that as a church, over the next 10 weeks, as we rub shoulders with these amazing kings and revealed in 1 Samuel, these, these queens that the Bible talks about, these pawns as God uses people to accomplish his plan, there's something I want you to understand today. God is at work in your life. God sees where you are. God knows you. And this God of all creation who has spoken to mankind time after time in history, the God of all creation who is working in you, who is guiding your steps, and who has even drawn you to this place today, sees where you are and knows your name. We come into the book of First Samuel. It's a fascinating book and it's an important book. And what I love, if, if you've been with us in Bible study over the summer, we've studied this book and we've looked at this book in Bible study. And 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 now we're gonna dive into it over the next ten weeks and the book is incredible. It reveals an incredible story. Eli is the prophet that starts the book of 1 Samuel, and he, has, he, he is God's messenger to, to God's people. And it's interesting because as Eli serves the Lord, as, he, as Eli is the mouthpiece for God to God's people, they reject him. They, they don't want to hear what he says, and Eli has this struggle as a parent. He he his sons were wicked and they and they weren't faithful to God. And 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 then Samuel is this this prophet that was born and this the story of his birth is is just truly an incredible story. It's an answered prayer of the of a mother that couldn't have a child. And God moved supernaturally and provided Samuel and she said I'm gonna give Samuel back to the Lord. She so gave Samuel to the Lord, and Samuel comes under Eli and starts to learn how to be a prophet, and he becomes one of the greatest prophets God's people had ever seen. And then, as Samuel unfolds, Samuel grows old. And see, though Samuel was a phenomenal prophet, he struggled as a parent. And we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. Would you stand with me this morning as we read God's word? 1 Samuel 8. We're going to look at verse 1. Samuel says this, God's word says this. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah. And they served at Beersheba, but his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and told him, listen to all the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day. Forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly, and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. And this is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. God. You may be seated. Thank you. Now, now there's a couple of things I want us to to look at in this passage, and and look at verse five, because you see... Samuel was old, he, he, had, he had been speaking to God's people. They knew, Samuel, you're a prophet from God. They knew that his word was trustworthy. Yet, Samuel had this struggle. It says in verse five, uh, your sons do not follow your ways. And you know, when I read this passage, when I study the book of 1 Samuel, I'm a little convicted because I think about how important it is for, for me as your pastor to, to walk with the Lord, Because as pastors, when they fail to walk with the Lord, when they fail to honor the Lord in everything, God's people tend to follow them. And this is why I am grateful for a church and I pray that we are a church that comes to understand the word of God, to know the word of God. And this is why I pray that as even I get up to preach that you are also in study of the word of God because you hold me accountable to speak what is true. And what I am grateful as I look at our journey as we begin 1 Samuel, our, our church has spent months in Bible study in this book. And as I approach it, as we approach it as a, as a staff, as, as, as I approach it as a preacher, I am convicted with the understanding that our church knows the Word of God. And this is why as a, as a, as a church, we've got to have a resolve and a passion to allow God's Word to speak to us, to allow God's Word to move us. And this is why you'll hear me say time and time again, when God speaks and tells us to move, we've got to move. And we have got to be a people that is, we don't argue with God, we simply move. This is why I love standing in worship rather than sitting in worship. Because when we stand in worship, we are saying, God, we are ready to move when you move us. And I pray that for the rest of our journey, as for, for the rest of our days, we live our lives with this passionate attitude saying, Lord, when you move me, I will move immediately. And I pray for this. Verse, verse 7 and 8, look at the historic problem. As, as, as Samuel uh, hears this question from God's people, they said, look, uh, Samuel, appoint us a king like every other nation has. Uh, God's people at this point were, were looking at the, all these other nations around them and they had kings, they had leaders, and, and, and they said, Samuel, we wanna be like everybody else. Would you, would you give us this? And, and verse seven says this, it says, and the Lord told them, listen, that all, to all the people are saying to you, it's not you they have rejected, they have rejected me as their king. And see, this is, a, this is something I pray we catch today. All through history, God's people have had the habit of rejecting God as the king. And the point that we, I pray you catch today is that every one of us walk out of this room saying, Lord, you are my king. You see, we've got to learn to live in that zone as followers of Christ that says, Lord, you you are Lord of all. Because so often we say, Lord, we want to, follow you, but I want to be in control. And I pray that we as a body of believers learn to live every day of our lives saying, Lord, we surrender to you. We will follow you. We will honor you. And can I tell you, when you do this, when you follow Jesus like this, in that zone, you will truly begin to live. You see, we've all come into this room today with temptations to to be in control of our lives. And and God's word is clear. Lord, you are on the throne. See, look at this. Verse 8 says, um, As they have done from the beginning, as they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day forsaking me, serving other gods. Now the key principle today that I want you to catch, if you have your notes, follow along and we're gonna, we're gonna walk through these quickly today. But, but the key principle that I pray we catch today is that God alone occupies the throne of my life. And this is my prayer that we understand, God, you are Lord. You are the one that should occupy the throne of my life. And it's normal for us after we come to Christ to say, Lord, we want to be in control. We want to to be in charge of our lives. But God has called us to put him first. And I want to ask you a question this morning. Is Christ first in your life? When you sang that song just a little bit ago, Lord, you are my King. Are you speaking truth? You know, my um, when I when I look at our the temptation that we faced yesterday, I, I see I see parents after parents. I, I see the struggle of putting our kids first in our lives. I see the struggle in of of putting pleasure first in our lives. I see, I see people all through our culture saying, you know what, you need to, pleasure is primary. You ought to do what pleases you. I see, I see people making gods out of all kinds of things that should not be gods. And the scripture's clear. The scripture points us to put Christ first. You know, today, you know what convicts me? Today in America, I see families dropping like flies. I see, I see parents struggling. I see, I see families falling apart. I see people um, like a young man I went to lunch with this week where I was talking to him about he's not a believer and I was talking to him about knowing Jesus as Lord and he said, no, I'm in control. And I want you to know we're all one phone call away, one moment away of recognizing that we are not in control. Do you know what it's like to live with Christ as your Lord? With Christ as your Savior? With with Christ directing you and leading you? Because I want you to know there's nothing more incredible than watching the Lord take your life and do the supernatural in it and through it. The God we serve has, has spoken. He has moved. And, and I want you to know today, I pray we leave here saying, Lord, we will follow you in everything. You know, all through history, God told his people that if you put me first, if you, if, you, if you make me Lord of your life, if you look to me in everything, that I'll bless you, I'll lead you, I'll guide you, I'll direct you. And I want you to know there's nothing more incredible than watching God direct your steps. Seeing Christy here today and Nathan here today, I've seen that in their lives. You know, we were, we were in college together. Christy, her brother, is was best man in my wedding I was best man in his wedding my son is named after her brother Eric and I'm struggling with my microphone so I'm gonna fix it is that okay well I just broke it that's awesome um, but her brother was is my son is named after her brother and you know what Christy and and Nathan grew up with Robin I mean we 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 go way back with them and, and you know what's so cool about watching how God has moved in their lives? Christy would come over to our house, and 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 Eric would pull his guitar out, and they would play songs, and and uh, and we would sit there and go, "Oh man, that's you're, that's good. That's really good. You ought to write that down." And uh, and she would write these songs about God, and it came from her story, her pain, her struggle. And as we looked at her and watched how God blessed her, God began to just give them a platform that, that Christy and Nathan have been used by the Lord to influence the greatest worship leaders of this generation. And I'll tell you, I've, I've watched them say, Lord, we are going to allow you to direct our steps And I've watched God do supernatural things. I want you to know that the God that that gave us his word, the God that we serve is alive and active and calls us to follow him don't miss the adventure of following Jesus. And I've known so many people that miss the adventure of following Christ because, and and they look at church and go, man, church is boring. Church is dull. And I'll tell you, it is impossible to follow Jesus and live a boring life. It is impossible to follow Jesus and life be dull. When you follow Jesus, you are invited to the most incredible adventure you can could ever imagine. And I don't want you to miss it. And see, as a pastor, I get to come alongside of a church and we get to come together and say, let's follow Jesus right here in this city. And let's watch the Lord use us to do supernatural things. And and I'll tell you, God will do it. But it begins with us first of all coming to Jesus and this is why i ask you if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your savior don't go one more day without knowing him as lord don't know one more day don't live one more day without experience him experiencing him save you and wash you clean and take your mistakes and put your life back together don't go one more day without knowing him as savior But once you come to know him as Savior, don't go one more day without living every day saying, Jesus, you will be Lord of my life. I will put you first in everything. So quickly this week, I thought, well, Lord, what does it mean to put you first? As, as we prepare for college with, with our daughter, as we prepare to, to, to walk with you here in our, in our, with our other kids and in our church and our family and our community, what does that mean? And so I, I just thought, well, let's, let's write out the word first. God, you're going to be first in everything. So, so quickly, if you can... Follow along with me. If, if we're going to put God first, how do we do it? Well, first of all, we put God first with our finances. And this, see, this is a hard one. You're like, oh, great, talking about money, preacher. I'm so glad I came to church today. But I want you to understand this is one of the most difficult ones for us in America because don't we trust in our finances? That's where our trust is in America. You look at our election cycle, and I'll tell you, as a church, this series is so important as we walk into an election, because who's our king going to be? And, and it's interesting how so often in America we will we put our trust in our money. We, we're we're okay if 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 our checkbook looks good, but if it's if if it's if it doesn't look good, oh no, our whole life is out of, out of sorts. And I'll tell you, money doesn't last. And it's important for us as a people to say, Lord, you will be first in all of our finances. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. I want you to know if you learn to tithe, you will, you will, if you learn to put God first in your finances, you'll never regret it. I am so grateful when I was growing up. I grew up in a coach's home. My dad was a, was a tennis coach. And, and so I don't know if you knew this, but teachers don't make a lot of money, right? You heard that? They don't make a lot of money. My dad was a coach, was a teacher. And I remember one day as a young boy, there was an accountant over at my house. And he was uh, talking to my parents, and as he was helping them with their finances, he was like, you give how much to your church? And they were like, oh, well, yeah, we're going to give, we tithe. That's a value. And he was like, man, I, man you don't make that much money. And I remember hear, overhearing this conversation, and my parents her, saw me overhearing this, and, and they sat down with me later and said, Chris, it is so important to tithe. It is so important to give, and, I, and I'm so grateful for parents that modeled for me and taught me that you cannot outgive God. And I have found that to be true. If you're going to put God first in your life, you've got to honor Him with your finances. Second one, the, the I, is you've got to honor Him with your interest. If God's really going to be number one in your life, you've got to put him first in what you do and what you're interested in. And, and, and I'll tell you, the things that we're interested in reveal who our God is. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says this, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so often in our lives, we compartmentalize our faith, and we say, we'll follow Jesus here, and then we'll live our life here. But I'll tell you who we are as followers of Jesus. And following Christ impacts everything, and it's important that we honor the Lord with our interests. the second thing, letter R, is our relationships. We honor the Lord in our relationships. And if I and, and you know, I, I um, Emily's gone. I don't have to pay her five bucks if I use her as an illustration anymore because she's not here. But um, but um, that's a rule I have. If you don't know, if I use my children as an illustration, I have to pay them five bucks. And so, but don't tell her that I'm doing this because uh, she's probably not watching right now, but, but, but I can, to just this week, I sat down with Emily and I said, okay, Emily, you're going to OBU, but not everybody's good. good not every boy is a good boy at OBU, okay? And if some boy says, hey, God's told me I'm supposed to marry you, I'll say, I'll tell him what God says, you just send him to me, I'll take care <laughs> of it. Um, so, um, But I'll tell you, we've gotta honor the Lord with our relationships. I had that talk with my daughter, you know, Robin and I have said this, you know, when she was in high school, a boy has got to come talk to me first before he, can, he could have taken her out. In college, she's going to be saying, dad, I got to tell you about this boy that, and I, we have to trust the Lord. We've talked to her, put God first in your relationships. And that's true for all of us. When you look at your, your marriage, Is Christ first in your marriage? Is Christ first in your friendships? Is Christ first in in the relationships that you have, you're building, you're investing in? Proverbs 12, 26 says this, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. What kind of friends are you investing in? What kind of friend are you? You know, it's important that we honor Christ with our relationships. I don't know if you know this, but Christy's dad, his mom, and dad are sitting right here. They are members of our church. This week was their 50th wedding anniversary. 50 years, that's a good job. And you know, the other night we sat down, we, we, we had a party with them because our families go way back and they're connected. And, and I've, I got to see, and I got to show my daughter, look at those friendships. Look at those relationships. Those relationships were grounded in following Jesus. And I'll tell you, there was so much joy in the room. And can I point you to the reality that if you follow Jesus, it, res, it results in joy in your life. Follow Christ in your relationships. Experience the, the joy of the Lord. God working in your life. You know, if, you, if you're going to put Christ first, he's first in your relationships, letter, letter S there. If you put Christ first, he's first in your schedule. You know, Christ will be first in the things you do. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16, pay careful attention then to how you walk not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And see, all through when, when you follow Christ and put him first, he'll be first in your schedule. You'll be able to look at the, the, the normal schedule of your week and be able to tell that Jesus is Lord of your life. So as we begin a new year, as, we, as school started, as, as we get into our routines, we've got to pay attention and make sure, Christ, you are Lord of our schedule. This is why coming and worship to, worshiping together is so valuable. Our Bible studies are kicking off. Tonight, we're having our advanced training as we engage in connecting with people in groups and, 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 and getting in people's lives, not just in this room, but out in our normal schedule. Is Christ Lord of your schedule? You know, let me ask you this. Are you daily spending time with Jesus? One of the the snapshots in my life as I evaluate God, are you Lord of my schedule? Do I wake up in the morning saying, Lord, I need you. Lead me today. So often we neglect the most important part of our day, which is our time with the Lord. I want to challenge you to say, Lord, you will be Lord of my schedule. You will be king of my life. Letter T there. If God is going to be first, he's going to be first in my troubles. He's going to be the first one I go to in my troubles. Now we get this, right? Because, um, but it's interesting. Even though we know, like, like Robin and I, as we were preparing for this difficult day. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm about to burst into tears every second, it feels like. And, but we've gone to the Lord. Would you help us? Would you help us trust you? And all through my life, I've, I've experienced the blessing of facing trouble. And I didn't know what to do. And I've gone to the Lord said, Lord, will you help me? But you know what I find is so often when we face trouble, we don't go to the Lord. Sometimes we feel guilty about going to the Lord. And I want you to know he cares about you and he calls us to come to him when we face trouble. I love Psalm 50, verse 15. And it says this, call on me in a day of trouble and I will rescue you and you will honor me. You know, the, this brings up a point. So often when we, when we face trouble, we start worrying, don't we? We, we? When we face trouble, we go to the Lord and say, say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Like Robin and I, right? Now, Lord, help us. We're, we're, we're sad. We're struggling today. But, but then we keep worrying about well, see, when you put Christ first in your troubles, you, you say, Lord, I'm gonna trust you. I'm, I'm preaching, there's a, there's a man that died in our church this week. And I'm preaching his funeral tomorrow. And they, they, they were married, I believe, 62 years. And um, he passed away. And you know what she, you know what his... his Wife told me Friday, we're planning the service and we're sitting together. And she said, you know, Chris, all our lives we faced trouble. We had different circumstances where we had trouble. But do you know what we did? We would get on our knees and we would just give it to the Lord. And he just helped us. And we didn't worry about it anymore. And I'm looking at this lady, and she has lost her her husband of 62 years, has just died. And she's like, you know, right now, this is a hard time. But God's given us the strength to just keep going. See, often when we go to the Lord, putting Christ first, Moves us to go to the Lord in our troubles, but then to say, Lord, I'm not gonna worry about this anymore. I want you to know something. You can trust Jesus. He will never let you down. You know, Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given to you. He'll do that. What's keeping you from following Jesus? You see what God said to Samuel? as Samuel processed this idea that God's people said, look, Samuel, we we want our own king. We want an earthly king. And Samuel was troubled. He was like, don't you see how big God is? God is the only king. Follow him. See, I don't want us to make that mistake. That we say, God, we're going to follow someone other than you. And I want you to see how big God is. I'm going to ask Nathan and Christy to come. And um, now, Christy, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. And if you need Robin to help you, she can. Christy wrote this song that she's forgotten, but it is my favorite. Nathan, you know how to play it in the piano? Oh, of course. What am I talking about? Do you know how to play it? whatever. <laughs> I want us to learn this song. It's not on the screen, so we're just gonna have to learn it. It's called "How Big You Are." Christy wrote it one and I, first time she heard it. First time she wrote it, she came to our house and played it, and. Um, And the words say how big you are. A voice can never tell. Earthly eyes can never see all that you can be. And yet, you take the time to walk me through the chaos of my life. Your grace overwhelms me. God, how big you are. That's, that's our invitation today. I'm going to ask you to stand where you are. And maybe today, in this moment, you're striving to be the king of your life. Can I just encourage you today to just say, God, I give up. I will allow you to be Lord. Can we just, would you come to him? Maybe you today you need to come and begin a relationship with God. You need Christ in your life. Come to him and experience forgiveness. I wish so bad, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I wish so bad I could grab my heart and put it in you for just a second so you could see what forgiveness is like. Come to Jesus today. Stop putting something that doesn't work on the throne of your life. Lord Jesus, we give you this time. We believe in you. We know how big you are. So teach us how you can be trusted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.